at this great age of 24, she has decided, because of the grace of God, she has a friend who has put her on his uh, traveling passes, kind of a buddy pass kind of a thing. And because she's 24, and because of her economic state, she has decided the best thing for her to do is to go to Taiwan and teach English as a foreign language. And the way that she's going to get there is that she is going to go standby from Denver, Tokyo. And I'm just like, oh, praise the Lord that you are doing this. And the cool thing about it is, this is what she's meant to do. She has always loved English, and she has always been really good with children. And so for her to even go there is a praise God moment, it, just alone. And so, but me being a mother, and I'm just like, all right. So she decided to leave real early this morning because she needs to be there on Sunday. So I'm just like, oh, praise the Lord. So yesterday, we get home from a celebration dinner, probably about eight or nine. So she starts packing for her year trip. <laughs> so I'm just going, Lord, what am I going to talk about tomorrow? So he's giving some things. So I'm sketching them all down. And all right, that's what I'm going to say. This is going to be so good, blah, 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 blah. And then I hear her in the other room as several of her friends call her, and she's telling them about this great adventure that she's going to go on. And in between talking to these friends, um, other, this person getting her these tickets keeps calling her and changing, well, you're not going out of Seattle anymore. You're going to go out of um, Atlanta. Then he'll call an hour later, you're not going to go out of Atlanta anymore. It looks better if you go out of Detroit. And all the time I'm like, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And I'm just thinking, oh, my goodness. So this morning we get up at 3, and we're heading down to DIA. And, all, I mean, she's been as bubbly as she's, and I'm really excited about all this, and except for this whole flight thing. So we're driving, and all of a sudden I see her, and she's starting to rock back and forth. And I go, here we go. And I say, what's the matter, sweetheart? And she says, well, you know I'm going to Taiwan. And I go, yes, I do. And she says, well, it's, a, it's far away. And I said, oh, my goodness. <laughs> yes, it is far away. And she says, well, it's, it's an island. I, I don't know anybody in Taiwan. And I would like to say I want my, my body wanted to go into a different place, but it didn't. I was like, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do with you? <laughs> are you kidding me? For a year and a half, you've been planning this out. I just said this in my mind. And finally, the Lord, who is so good, he says, she does not need to hear what you have to say. She needs to hear what I have to say. And I said, what do you have to say to her? And he says, tell her what I think of her. So I said, all right, I got this. I said, once again, I said, Brittany, I said, sweetheart, that fear and the anxiety is not the Lord. You need to silence that voice. I said, this is who you are. You are his beloved. He would never give you this desire in your heart to go do something that he is not going to have a plan for. 
So it's gonna be okay, and you're right. Everything you said is the truth, but guess what? Guess who's going with you? I'm not going with you, but God is going with you. And no matter where you are around the world, God is available to you. And so I could just tell she was just crying, and I said, it's gonna be okay. So we get to the airport, and um, I said, you know what, sweetheart, just gonna be fine. So we get to the counter, and because God's a good God, he would not let her passport scan through the check-in. So we had to go talk to a man at the counter. And the man at the counter says to her, oh, you're going to Taiwan, that's awesome. And he goes, oh, and you're going standby, that's even better. (laughs) And so all of a sudden, he looks at the thing and he goes, wow. He goes, I've been in this place for 39 years. I have never seen all three tickets come out at the same time. He goes, everything looks clear. And I'm just standing at the side and I'm like, thank you, Jesus, because I'm going to pass out. I am not a morning person to begin with, and I cannot handle this at four in the morning. And I just thank you, Lord. So I come over to her, and I put my arm, and I said, see, watch God move. He loves you. He loves you. And so we get to the security thing, and I hold her, and she collapses in my arms. And I said to her, just listen for his voice. He's there for you. He will guide and direct you. It is not going to be difficult. Just listen for his voice. And so I watched my beautiful daughter head on out. And then she calls me about three or four months later, and she goes, what? I'm here in Minneapolis or whatever, and I'm heading. I'm waiting for my flight to Tokyo. And... um, she goes, I, I know where I'm getting on. I said, well, sweetheart, you're getting on. You know, no big deal. She goes, no. She goes, guess what happened? She goes, I got moved up to first class. <laughs> and I was like, thank you, Jesus. So my day has been so awesome. So, of course, you know, she can't make it to the bank in a year and a half. So she gives me money <laughs> that she's been saving. And she says, oh, by the way, can you deposit this money for me? Absolutely. So I go today to deposit her money. And because I don't know anything about her account number, I'm like, can you just look my daughter up and put this money in her account? And so the lady begins to talk to me, and she's about 25, 26. And she says to me, um, we get to talking about what's going on. I tell her that my daughter's in Taiwan, and she went to go teach school. And she goes, oh, I've always wanted to do that. And I said, oh, that's awesome. I said, my daughter is doing that, and she's always wanted to do this too. She wanted to go overseas and teach. And um, she goes, but I could never do that. I go, why can't you never do that? And she goes, yeah. She goes, I wanted to go to Columbia, and I took Spanish, and I don't want to do that, and I just can't figure it all out. I reached over, and I grabbed her hand bank, and I said, listen to me. If there's a desire in your heart to do something, you need to follow it, and don't waste time doing it. You need to do it. It can happen for you, just like it happened for my daughter. And as soon as I touched her hand, She looked at me and she said, thank you so much. And she was so full of joy, I could feel the joy on her. And it just recalibrated her heart because the testimony of my own daughter. And so God is so, so good. And just like my children, whom I love very much, what I do for a living, and I was called to the church, your children and the children of the rock are 
what I do, and they're my who. And so it's very important for me that God has told me that I have to release this here at this church, that the first thing that needs to happen is these kids need to know their identity. And so we need to not come up with programs that they can do. We need to come up with places where they can encounter God. Because when they encounter God at a very young age, there is no stopping them. Because they need to be able to discern God's voice among everyone else's voice. And they need to be able to know what he is telling them because he's always talking to them. And so it is my privilege to bring up my children's ministry staff because they are amazing. Do you know that we meet every Monday morning and from 9 to 12 we talk about children's ministry. And we hardly do any business. We always spend most of our time talking about the praises from last week, the God moments. And probably 90% of those times are the children. They are our God moments. They are what God is doing. I don't ever want to work towards the program. I want to work towards the fruit of what's happening in someone's life. And so as my sweet friend Nicole comes on up, her who is the itty bitties. And so uh, we're going to take, take you through what we teach the kids about how to hear from God and how to put yourself in a place where the ability to encounter God is so easy. So here is my sweet friend Nicole. I brought the Kleenex up because I know I'm a crier, so. Um, it is such a privilege and honor to work with your children. See, here I go. <laughs> anyway, I've been at this church a long time. I think I've been here probably about 20 years. I've been on children's ministry staff for eight, and, um, but four years ago, guy got a hold of my heart for this ministry. I was doing preschool ministry and I just felt like, I'm like, okay, we're doing the same things. We have to find teachers, fill the holes, same thing, same thing. I go, God, I'm getting tired of this. I'm getting burnt out. And so I had worked in the office before and I heard there was a job opening. And so uh, I applied and I'm like, okay, God, maybe this is my time to move on. Maybe I'm supposed to move back into the admin side. And every, I went to the interview Everything went well. I'm like, okay, God, uh, I don't hear anything, so I'm going to take this job if they offer it to me. I was halfway home, which I live three minutes away, so I was halfway home, and I seriously, God spoke to me. He said, I've called you to be the watchman for the children. Turned the car around. I go, I'm sorry, I can't take the job. So I went to God that night, and I said, God, okay, if you called me to preschool ministry, then I need to have a heart for preschool ministry. I need to know what you're doing here. What do you want these kids to look like? What do you want them to learn? And he so gently spoke to my heart. He said, I've called you to lay the concrete. I've called you to build the foundation. Because without the foundation, the house can't stand. And so by the time, you know, there's a lot of things that we teach on, um, but one of the things we talk about is that God chose us. We talk about, you know, because a lot, a lot of times as adults, we, don't, we forget that God chose us. In Ephesians 1, 4, and 5, it says, and he chose us to be his very own before the foundations of the world. That means before he said, let there be light, we were on his heart. 
That means before he created the waters and the sky and the land, he was thinking of us. I love what Christine Kane says. God has plucked us out of eternity. He has positioned us in time. And he's given us gifts and talents for the purpose of serving our generation. And you know what? That... I could go a long time on that, but I won't. But, you know, God chose us. And so when these kids come in, every Bible story, everything we talk about on Sunday mornings comes back to one of about five truths. And one of the truths is God chose us. We were chosen. We didn't just, we weren't a second thought. And we, God chose us. The second thing is the second thing we learn is God is bigger than anything we face, yet he cares about our boo-boos. <laughs> uh, if you see me on Sunday morning, I'm usually back in the children's wing greeting people, and without fail, these kids come up, and especially if I'm in the dock, they're like, look, I got a boo-boo, I got a boo-boo. Can, you want me to pray? Yeah, uh-huh, okay. And so they've learned that, you know what, Jesus heals their boo-boos. He cares about our boo-boos. He cares about the details. And yet he is this master creator. He creator of everything. And yet he cares about our needs. We don't have to worry. He cares about our needs. (sighs) Hebrews 3, 4 says, Every house is built by someone, but God is the designer and builder of it all. Everything is under his command. I love that. I just love being able to say, you know what, I don't, you didn't call me to worry, you called me to obey, you called me to trust you. And another thing we teach preschoolers, we teach them that we hold heaven in our hands. On Sunday mornings, uh, God's been showing me this over the past month and a half. He's like, just have them hold their hands up. And we say, I hold heaven in my hands. And when I pray for people, I release heaven on earth. I'm telling you, there is something that's being built up in them. It's something that we're not going to see tomorrow. We might not even see it next, next week. We might not see it in the next year. But I'm telling you, God is raising a mighty army of children that know the truth and walk in the truth and identity. And I'm just so humbled to be a part of that. One thing I absolutely love teaching them is that we can boldly approach the throne room. Because we have... Sometimes we forget that. A lot of times we forget that. And we carry around shame that we were never meant to carry. We carry around fear that we were never meant to carry. But Jesus frees us. Jesus' blood paid for it once and for all. Matthew 18, 2 through 5. I love this story because this is from the Passion Translation. It says, Jesus called a toddler to his side. Now, toddlers are itty-bitties, which my peeps, you know. 
<laughs> uh, and said to the, this was when the disciples were trying to figure out who was going to be the greatest in heaven. They were all over there arguing over who was going to be the greatest in heaven. And Jesus just pulled a child into to himself and he said, learn this well. Unless you dramatically change your way of thinking and become teachable and you, and you learn about heaven's kingdom realm with the wide-eyed wonder of a child, you will never be able to enter in. Whoever continually humbles himself to become like this gentle child is the greatest one in heaven's kingdom. You know, God... <laughs> God doesn't want us to grow up. I mean, I mean, he does want us to grow up, but you know what? He wants us to come to him. He, wants, he says he's adopted us into his family. We're not only friends, we're his children. We are co-heirs with Jesus. And so, um, I want, tonight, I want to take, oh, I want to show you, can we play that video clip? This, in 30 seconds, sums up how our relationship with Jesus should be. love that. That is just so precious because that's what Papa God does to, uh, with us. And I love his response because I wasn't going to tell her no. You know what? When we approach the, bro bowl, uh, when we approach the throne room, God's not going to tell us no. God's not saying, wait, 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 wait. You need to deal with that stuff before you come in. He's like, come on. Come to me. Come to me. Come to me. If you're weary, if you're tired, if you're exhausted, come to me, and I will give you rest. So we're gonna do we're gonna do what I love to do. This is what we're gonna do a throne room encounter because we believe in activation, and so you guys get to experience what kids experience tonight. This is gonna be fun. So I want to invite you guys to get comfortable. Come up here, lay on the floor. You know, lay on the floor, sit in your chair, whatever you want to do. But we're going to boldly approach the throne room. In just a second, we're going to play a song. But I just want to pray for everybody here. God, I just pray right now that if there's any fear or any shame, any weariness, God, you just take it. We give it to you. We were, it, those were burdens we were never meant to carry. And God, we just come. We enter your throne room as children. And we approach your throne. We sit on your lap. We play with your beard. We look in your eyes. And you whisper to us. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to play a song now. Go ahead and play the song. and The other one. So I just want you guys to just close your eyes. I want you to picture yourself. You're outside the throne room. You're getting ready to go in. If you don't know what's on the other side of that door, it's a scary thing, but you know it's Papa God. He wants you in his presence. 
He doesn't want you to just come visit. He wants you to come live in his presence. So you open the doors, and there he is. We fall down, we lay our crowns at the feet of Jesus. The greatness of mercy and love at the
I love being in the presence of Papa. There's no greater place. Um, now I'd like to introduce you to my dear sweet friend and uh, co-labor for kids, Jenny Drott. Howdy, y'all. How do you follow up something like that? You know, um, Sylvie asked us to, to each speak about 10 minutes. And I think we're so full, we could speak an hour and 10 minutes apiece because of what God's doing in the children and the children of all ages. Last night, Kurt and I had the privilege of being in the same room for the children's healing rooms. And it's so cool because they'll go get a folder, they'll run and go get it, and then they'll come back. And before we open it, they lay their hands on it, and we pray over the folder. Now, we don't open the folder. We pray over it, and we ask God to speak to us about this person. You can call it words of knowledge. You can call it kids hearing God, whatever you want to call it. So last night, every time, I think we had, what, five people that we prayed over? Every time the children heard exact words for those people. One of the last ones Caleb heard, he just, and they, they don't take like 10 minutes. They're like, I heard this, I heard that, I heard that. Because Sylvia has raised them up to expect to hear God's voice. So one of them, Caleb said, the last one he said, cancer. So the lady who came in, she had cancer. And what it does is affirms these kids every time in the children's healing rooms. They're hearing God. God wants to deal with that cancer. Cancer is a piece of cake for Jesus because everything is a name and every name, every knee shall bow to the name of Jesus. And we speak these things over and over to them. And they pray. They don't pray long prayers, but boy, does God answer. We've seen people with ACL, torn ACLs with the braces on their knees and they just take them off and they start jumping up and down and the kids are like, <laughs> they're like, of course. <laughs> so it's just so fun. Expectancy is the breeding ground of miracles. These kids expect God to move. Every Sunday we teach them some of the same things over and over. Because repetition is the key, right? We constantly renew our minds in God's word. Constantly renew. What are you saying about me, Daddy? Okay, that's the truth. So we teach them the word of God. And then we practice different things. We prophesy. We heal the sick. We soak, which we're going to do in just a minute. I want to read something to you out of Jeremiah. Jeremiah 1, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and I approved of you as my chosen instrument. And before you were born, I separated you, consecrated you, and I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Then said I, oh, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, say not, I'm only a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and wherever I command you, you shall speak. Be not afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day appointed you to the oversight of the nations. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. What do you see? Hmm. What do you see? And I said, I see a branch or a shoot of an almond tree. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am alert and active watching over my word to perform it. 
So the Lord showed me this today, and then he showed me Acts 10. Because some people say, well, how can you biblically say that you're going to teach these kids to hear God and to see things? Acts 10. It's the story of Cornelius and how Cornelius, it says, Cornelius, at the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God entering and saying to him. So Cornelius is seeing and then he's hearing. And then Peter at the... Uh, whatever hour it was, at noon he was hungry. He went up to the roof to pray. And then Peter saw and Peter heard. So it's very biblical that God wants us to see and hear. Sylvia, when we first came to the church, the Lord told Jeff and myself, he said, go and view out the land. Because we'd been in different churches and we wanted to view out the land to see if this is where we were supposed to call home. And the video that day said, welcome home. And I thought, that's so funny, God. And then we opened up the whatever or saw on one of the papers out there that they were doing this with the children, eyes that see, ears that hear. And I went, wow, I had taught out of this book. I know how powerful this is. I'm going to repeat it again if you want to get out your notes section of your phone and write it down. Eyes that see, ears that hear by Jennifer Toledo. She's actually coming here in the fall to our ministry. I'm so excited. And she's also written another book, if you want to put it in your notes section in your phone. It's called Children and the Supernatural. Those, these books will rock your world. She tells all of her stories, how she's been around the world and changed the world, teaching kids of all ages, the little ones, all the way to the older ones, how to see pictures from God and hear. In her book, which I would strongly suggest that you, if you would love to teach your children or grandchildren, or if you would like a refresher course in hearing God, because I've taught adults this book. She tells about the different ways you can hear God. A whisper, a spontaneous thought, feelings or impressions, a knowing, scripture, other people, signs, pictures, nature, art, an audible voice. These are things that we teach the children that they can do. Now, what's interesting, I had a parent at another church I was at because we were teaching the kids to hear God. They were prophesying, reading people's mail. And one of the parents came to me and she said, I don't know how to hear God. You're teaching my kids to do something I don't know how to do. So I encouraged her to get this book because it's a six-weeks course, which could take six years if you wanted it to, and it just goes through. And it also gives troubleshooting for parents if your child comes home and says, God told me I never have to brush my teeth again. And then it helps you, tells you what to say to help with them. So um, we are going to practice right now. We're going to activate, y'all. <laughs> Isn't that fun? Because we're supposed to come to God as a child, right? A child, if you tell a child something, they're most of the time going to believe it. I remember Jeff and I went to a children's conference years ago, and this pastor got up, and he spoke to all of the children's workers there. And he said something I've never forgotten. There is no junior Holy Spirit. So when do you think Samuel heard God's voice? He was very young. God wants us to come to him as a child, listen as a child, expect that the first thought we hear is from him. There are three voices, God's voice, the enemy's voice, or our own voice. The more we practice, the more we realize our own voice is going to be very selfish. The enemy's voice is darkness, and we just... Put that aside. 
And then God's voice is always according to his word. It always lines up with his word. That's why he wants us in his word to know his voice. So we are going to, if you don't mind playing that song, Alan, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. This is what I ask the kids to do every Sunday. And I say, now be still and know that he's God because they can get really fidgety. Adults, you know, we, we don't think we're that way, but we grab our phone, check the latest Facebook thing. God wants us to learn to be still and know that he is God. So every Sunday, I ask them to ask God a question. Every Sunday, the question's different. And they, almost all of them now, raise their hand. And I have to go, I go around with the microphone and I say, tell the class, what did you hear? I don't say, did you hear? I say, what did you hear? So I want you to expect that you're going to hear God's voice for you right now. Father, you are good, and you promised that if we called out to you, you would answer us. Lord, right now we come to you and say that we want you to speak to us. We want to hear your voice. We choose to silence all of our thoughts right now. We quiet our own minds. We declare this is a safe place, and we refuse all the lies of the enemy. In Jesus' name. We choose to only hear your voice, Father. And we trust that it's your voice that we're hearing. Would you come and speak to our hearts right now? Thank you, God. We wait on you. This is the question I want you to ask God. God, if you could play any game, any game with me right now, what game would it be? Keep your eyes closed and just expect God to speak to you right now. Now ask him, God, why did you pick this game? What is special about this game? And what do you want to teach me through this game? you to see yourself playing that game with Jesus and laughing with him or talking to him, listening to him talk to you about this game. we have to have childlike simple faith okay Alan can you fade that out we take about three minutes every Sunday and we call it soaking like a sponge we say God wants to fill us up 
So we want to soak in his presence. And Sylvia will bring the new people in, and, they'll, and she'll say, and there's Pastor Jenny. And she'll look around the room because I'm always lying down on the floor. <laughs> so she's the one on the floor in the front of the room. So I want to model to them how we do things. It's really good. You know, Jesus modeled to us the Sabbath. Jesus modeled to us how to heal the sick. And he wants us to spend time with him, listening to him. So does anybody want to share what God showed you or told you? This is what I do in children's. I literally, as soon as I closed my eyes, God said, Uno. And I said, okay, why is that? And he said, because I want to be your number one. And I had, I don't know if you've ever played that game, but I get so frustrated when I get like five million cards and you can't hold them all in your hand and you get so annoyed. And God's like, that's your life, Holly. You've got five million things in your hand and you're like all these different colors and numbers and wild cards and I just want to be your only one. It was just like that. It was so cool. I loved it. That's beautiful. Yay, Jesus. <laughs> Anybody else want to share? meet me halfway? Yes, believe it or not, the people in the booth actually take part sometimes. Um, it was a very old game that I played as a little kid, and it was pick-up sticks. And I said, what does that mean, God? Why is that important? And he said, because, because every single one is important. fun. That's what we do every Sunday. It's like a candy land. <laughs> so we have a, um, a ministry that's outside the church and um, we're applying for some big sh um, Comic Cons and so we have to change everything and so it's difficult and so I was like, what is the theme going to be and whatever and he just showed me Candyland. I'm like, well, we could do that. So he answered a question. Simple childlike faith. Alrighty, well, immediately Monopoly um, came to mind, and God just really working on my family and our finances. We moved to Colorado a few months ago. My husband finally got a job um, from Florida, and right now we're in our camper. Um, we moved our, our camper and our three small kids out here. So immediately Monopoly, and he's working it out, and he's going to provide a home, and that's exciting for us. And land, <laughs> real estate. So he brought me back to when I was a kid, and uh, I grew up, our backyard was uh, basically a creek, and there were tons of boulders. And so he met me on the boulders, and we were dancing and leaping across the boulders. And I said, kind of, why do you want to do this with me? Because I want you to trust me. If you fall, it doesn't matter. I'll pick you up. And I want you to learn balance. And, and I'm your balance. <laughs> See, everybody has, almost everybody has their hands raised. Just like with children, I finally have to say, I'm sorry. I want to hear the rest of them later. So when you said game, I thought of trouble. We don't even own that game. So I was like, okay, why, did, why was that, God? And it was like, you know, the dice or whatever are in the center, and you pop the thing, and it's like they're all jumbled, and 
out of control, but you're still under that umbrella, like he still holds it all together. And then I remembered like the little pegs, you can't get out to move around the board unless you roll a one or a six. I'm like, what does that mean? And he's like, well, you're trying to hurry it along. You have to wait. You have to wait till you get to that number, you know, to move forward. So anyway, just that being patient, waiting on him. And when things seem chaotic, it's still under his umbrella. So good. I got the game Twister. Um, and when I asked what about Twister, because I'm not good at that game, um, he said flexibility and strength. And no matter how twisted up life may seem or you may feel, there's always a way out of it to control it. So he's with you no matter what. This is the gospel. It's the good news that God loves to speak to us. And just the simple things that we can ask him. There are a lot of questions in that book that you can ask God. And God gave me Monopoly. I was teaching some kids and parents this one time. And I said, why Monopoly? He said, because you love houses and land. <laughs> I've moved a lot. But I do love houses and land. So you see how simple it is. And what we're teaching the children is very biblical. To, to see God and to hear God's voice. And thank you all for being childlike and simple in your faith tonight. And with that, I'm going to get to segue into Pastor Kurt and some of the other things that we teach. So if you can't tell, I'm the only man in children's ministry so uh, feel for me. Uh, I can't get a word in edgewise. <laughs> um, I believe that when God looked down on Adam and said, it's not good that he's alone. He was looking at him going, why is he messing everything up? I need to put a woman down there. Um, because being with them, uh, it just amazes me on a weekly basis. As she, Pastor Sylvia said in meetings, um, she just shares from her heart, and we all try to do the same of what God's doing. And what we do is just iron out the chaos. And uh, it's my privilege that I get to work with such amazing women. Um, they, they're truly, um, if you have kids, your, your kids are safe because their heart is, is one with God. And whatever they do, it just, uh, every week, they have stories and testimonies to share that just brings tears to my eyes because it's so beautiful. And so I just want to say that to my team, thank you for allowing me to be a part of the team. Um, three years ago, I sat in the uh, children's wing and before service, and I prayed, as we always do. Um, we just try to usher in God, and we welcome him, and uh, we want to pray over the service, and I did the same, and I heard God plainly say to me, Kurt, you're not a teacher, and I know many of you are going, wait, wait, he's a pastor, we've got to get him down off this, um, and I, I, I was the same way, because I graduated seminary, and I was thinking, okay, I know everything to teach these kids, um, just let me at them, and he said, Kurt, you're not a teacher. And I remember saying, what do you mean, Lord? I'm not a teacher. I've been a teacher my whole life. And he said, your job's more important than that. Stop teaching me 
as if I'm a history lesson. Stop teaching them as if I'm a history lesson. So I would go forward and I would share God each week that as if he was just a history lesson. These are the stories of God according to the Bible. And I would teach them. And I thought that was enough. He said, your job is to put them in contact with me. And so, and he left me with that. So I was really baffled by it. I was kind of like, okay, my job, and I was trying to ask him questions, and he just let me rest in that. And as I sought him out, he met me. And so we started healing um, in children's. We started um, prophesying. And each and every time, he would show up. And if you were never raised in a church that taught the same, I just want to caution you. What you're about to hear is belief. It's truth. But it's up to you to believe it, just as it is with the scriptures. So when we say, Jesus walked on water, do you believe Jesus walked on water? Yeah. yeah. He also said a few other things for us to do. The problem is, many of us say, I can't go do that because I don't really believe God's going to show up and do what he said he's going to do. Do you believe God is forever faithful? So if he's forever faithful, what's holding you back? And so with these kids, on a weekly, almost a weekly basis, if not, we do it at least monthly, um, we'll, I'll sit down with them and ask them to listen to the Lord, just as they are all sharing with you. Is there anyone that loves you more than God, the Father? No. Is there anyone wiser than he? Is there anyone who has more power than he? No, thank you. So then my next question is this. Why are we not listening to him? We believe that he wrote a book and then he just shut his mouth. And he said, you know what, I'm going to let you do with that. Knowing that the world's changing, you have this book that gets you through. In the Bible, believe me, I'm not saying the Bible's not good enough. The Bible is everything it's meant to be. And we're supposed to, just as Pastor Jenny was saying, we check everything against Scripture. Very Berean. We don't just leave it out there and uh, whatever people say, we, oh, we're going to go do that. Let's check that against Scripture. And so one thing that we, um, we've learned is, and I keep hearing God want to say Decalogue, which is the Ten Commandments. Um, he gave us two commands, Jesus Christ did. He gave us the greatest two, right, uh, the two tables. He said in, in, in the first table, he said, um, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul, right? And strength, according to um, different script translations. And so that is how we're supposed to approach God, right? And he said this. He said, if you love me, you will know if you love me, if you keep my commands, right? Right? Yeah. All right, so then when I talk about keeping commandments, sometimes I'm, um, I'm faced with people that are like, don't be legalistic. Don't tell me Jesus is legalistic is my response. Because Jesus told us, keep my commands. He says in Luke 6.46, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but you don't do what I say? And so we have the first part of just loving God, keeping his commandments. Well, then he said, the second is like the first. Love each other as I have loved you, is when he left. Right before he left, he said, as I have loved you. In that, in that translation, he actually said, love each other as you love yourself. Right? And then he later said, before he left, he said, Love each other as I have loved you. And so what we do with the kids is we say, okay, let's obey God. And we got to be obedient. we got to listen to what he's saying. From that, let's love each other. How do we do that? 
One thing is healing. And so we step out and we say, okay, God, what do you want to do today? And I know that um, we're just about over, so I'm going to kind of give you the quick version. Um, so what we do is we listen, to, we listen to the Lord. And so one thing we do is we, we get quiet and we, we say a simple prayer that we're going to trust him. So a lot of us say, well, how do I know it's God? It's just not me. When you pray for someone, is it ever bad? Is God telling you, no, don't go pray for them? So even if your mind says, I feel like I need to pray for Pastor Jeff. He has a hurt left foot, right? And you go up and you say, Pastor Jeff, you have a, a hurt left foot? Nope, mine's fine. Oh, man. Can I pray for you anyways? Yeah, please. How can I pray for you? This is how you pray for me. So we tell kids, no matter what God tells you, you're going to act it out. You're going to show him that you trust him because you just told him, Father, I trust you. Whatever you tell me, I'm going to go do. And so I'm going to have you guys operate in that exercise in just a second. Is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> Children's ministry is like, yeah, come on. Um, get quiet. Get off the stage. Come on. Um, and, and so when we listen to God, I want you to do, just, just trust him. So a lot of us will say, I trust God. I believe in God, right? So the Greek word pistuo actually means belief and it means trust. A lot of times it's translated belief. And so if, if I believe Jesus is the son of God, do you all believe Jesus is the Son of God? All right. So if you believe Jesus is the Son of God, the next question is, do you trust him? Okay. And then in Mark 16, 18, he said, my believers will lay hands on the sick and they'll see them recover. Right? He did not say pastors. He did not say lead pastors. He said believers. Are you a believer of Jesus Christ? Yes. So you fit that description. So you'll lay hands on the sick and you'll see them recover. The problem is, a lot of times when we start to act this out, we go, wait, 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 what if they're not healed? What if they're not healed? Did Jesus say, my believers will lay hands on the sick, but if they don't recover, then they're to shut up? Did he say that? No. He said, my believers. So there was a five-year-old boy in my service. He gets home. His mom fell down the stairs. She rolled her ankle. It was all black and blue by the time he gets home. And she has it up on the couch. And he says, Mom, what happened? She told him the story. He said, can I pray for you? She said, sure, come over here. And she tries to lead his prayer. And he says, no, Mom. In the name of Jesus Christ, I command your ankle to be healed. Amen. Five years old. He walks away from his mother. And his mom's flabbergasted. And she's kind of like, who is this little spitfire? And he turns around. He looks at her. And he goes, now it's up to Jesus. Jesus said, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, right? Did he not? Matthew 10. He said those things. This little boy said, okay, I'm going to do what Jesus told me to do. I expect that he's going to do the rest. Just as Pastor Jenny said, expectation. A lot of times we sit there and go, okay, I prayed for one person I didn't get healed, and I, I, I'm just going to stop. I prayed for a lady for three months, and she got healed. It's contending. Those of us that know about war... If you go into war, are you just going to fire one bullet? Robbie Dawkins puts it this way in chapter 7 of his book. If we go to war with just one bullet, is that what we do? Would you ever say, all right, soldier, I'm going to give you one bullet. Good luck. But yet we approach prayer in that way and say, I prayed for you once. I've heard pastors say it. I prayed for you didn't get well. Um, it must be you're, you're full of sin or uh, you don't have enough faith or God wants you that way. 
And this is not the truth. I know that firsthand because Holy Spirit woke me up three days in a row at 2 a.m. when I was in the hospital and said, Kurt, when did I ever refuse healing to anyone? And so in the New Testament, when you go through it, Jesus Christ never refused healing to a single person that asked for it. He actually went up to the guy at the pool and said, do you want to get healed? He offered it to him and healed him. But yet we think sometimes that God doesn't want this. Why would God tell us to go heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, or why would he say, my, my, my believers will lay hands on the sick and they'll see them recover if he didn't want it? God's not partial. He's not a, he's not a God that says, I'll do it for you, but not for you. So that's why we share testimonies. Because if God's done it for one, he's going to do it for another. So, that's all I have. I'm just kidding. Um, what we're going to do is, that, that clock's a little fast. Okay. So what we're going to do in, because I know God can do this in just a blink of an eye. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to pray. And you're going to say to God, God, I trust you. Okay? You guys with me? You guys trust God. Let him have your mind for the next minute. Right? I want you to have the mind of Christ, as Scripture tells us. We have the mind of Christ. But no matter what, you're going to give him your mind. And you're going to say, God, I trust you. Now, whatever you're going through, whatever your body feels, and I'm going to ask that he speaks through most of us through our bodies. So the kids will do this. I'll say to them, um, God, we trust you. And when I say amen, hands will start to raise, be raised, and they'll go, my arm's hurting, my shoulder's hurting, my, my knee's hurting. And we'll say, Are anyone in this room have a problem with their arm, their shoulder, their knee, whatever? And the people are like, yeah, I do. And then that kid will come up and pray for them. What did the five-year-old say? Now it's up to Jesus. Was she healed immediately? No. She woke up the next day, and all the bruising, all the pain in her ankle was gone. You can't explain that. That's just God. Exactly. Praise God. So the same thing I expect tonight. No matter what you hear, just have the trust, the bestuo, the belief and trust in God to do what these kids do week in and week out, praying for one another. And we just see mirror. It's just become commonplace. Just as um, Jenny and Nicole were saying, it's just you get done and the kids are like, yeah, uh-huh, that's, that's what the God does. And they're like, can I go play a game now? And you're like, but did you just see what God did? They're like, yeah, but I'm going to go play foosball. Right? They're like, I've, I've done my part. Jesus did his. Now I'm going to go play foosball. Um, so we just didn't have that mentality. A lot of times what happens, we have too much baggage. And so we say, oh, man, ugh, I don't want to take on that responsibility. Don't worry. Jesus never said, if you don't get him healed, never pray for him again. Never lay hands on him again. He never said that. Okay? You just have a simple job and then trust God that he's going to do the rest. We don't know if it's going to happen right now, if it's going to happen during the night, in the morning, or in a week from now, or two weeks from now. We don't know. Do we care? I don't care. Tomorrow I'm going, because this girl's in a coma, I'm going to tell her to wake up. Do I care what the people think around me? No. I care about one person, and that's what God thinks. And God wants me to do this, so I'm going to go do it. He wants all of us. I carry nothing that's different from what you carry. The only difference is I'm going to act in it. And I want you guys to act in it tonight. You guys ready? Heavenly Father, and I want you guys to say this to yourself out loud, whatever you want, to Father God, okay? Father God, we love you. We worship you. We trust you. And right now I ask that you speak 
to me so that I may share, may share the love of you to my friends, to my family, to my brothers and sisters in this room. Father, just speak to me. Tell me what you want. I don't care if it's a thought. I don't care what it is. I just want you to speak. If you want to make my body hurt for the, for the few seconds, it's not going to be painful, I know. But I just wanted to, I want you to speak to me so that I know how to act in front of my friends, my brothers, my sisters, my family. If you make my arm hurt, Father, I'm going to raise my hand and say arm. And then I'm going to go pray for a person with a problem with their arm because I love you. If my, if my hand hurts, my right hand, I just got that, right hand hurts, I'm going to go pray for someone with a problem with the right hand because I know you are real. You didn't send your son just to die. John 10.10. 10. Jesus came to give us life and to give it to us abundantly. I know that doesn't start when I die. Abundant life starts now. And so, Father, I trust you. When I say amen, the first thing that comes to my mind, first thing that I feel in my body, I know is from you. And I'm going to declare it. In Jesus' name, in his perfect, holy, precious name, by the power of Holy Spirit, amen. Now, as God speaks to you, I just want you to raise a hand. Raise a hand. Don't look around and see if the other hands are raised. Just raise a hand. <laughs> oh, man, is, it, is, he, is this bombing or what? Um, it's not bombing. All right, so I, so one, two, three, row three. You guys get like the brownie points because you guys are just like, there's like everyone with their hand up in row three. All right, what's going on in row one? Your pastors. <laughs> all, right, um, all right, so what we're going to do now is something simple. When, where are you going, Jackie? Tell Jude we want him in here. He's a mighty man of God, and he carries the kingdom. <laughs> That's Pastor Sylvia's daughter and grandson. All right, so you guys. Are you guys going to go? Oh, man. All right, so anyone with their hand up, what I want you to do is just say it out loud, what God just shared with you, and then, any, then I want you to come forward. Come forward up here, and then um, if you have that issue, I want you to come forward, and they'll pray for you. Now, what we teach the kids is don't ask Jesus to die again. Isaiah 53.5 states, by his stripes you have been healed. 1 Peter 2.24 says, by his stripes you were healed. Jesus said when he was on the cross, it is finished. So I just want you guys to act in that and say, you know what, I command. Jesus gave us authority over this stuff, right? So we want to act in that authority. Make sense? I'm not making this stuff up. I went to seminary. All right, so what'd you get? Emotional distress. Can you come stand up here? Emotional distress, confusion. Maybe you have a, a, trying to make a decision and you're not sure what to do, all right? God's going to give you that answer right up here. What'd you get? Spirit of physical and mental exhaustion. Okay, what else did you say? That was it. That's, that's it. So if you have that issue, come on up here. Stephanie. What's that? In, intense in anxiety. Intense anxiety, right? Anxiety, right? So you have a lot of anxiety. Now, this is something we share with the kids because sometimes they'll get word and no one in the room has that problem. 
And then next week, I'll tell them, just because you did not see that person here, when you're later on, you're, you're going, oh, all right, let me back up. So I, I, um, I did a treasure hunt, and for five months, I looked for the person. I found that person five months later in the sa- in, next to Grandma Sharon's desk at the receptionist. God does make mistakes. So hold on to that, guys. And when you're looking for someone and they say, I have this confusion, I just know what to do. She knows I'm going to be praying for him. When someone gets intense anxiety, he knows he needs to pray for him, no matter if they're here or not. Stephanie, what'd you get? Sorrow or sadness. Sorrow or sadness. If you need prayer for that, Stephanie's up here. What'd you get? Go ahead. Shoulders and heart palpitations? Is that what you got? All right, shoulder issues and heart palpitations. She's coming forward right now. Christian, what'd you get? Back pain, lower back pain, mid back pain, or upper back? Upper back, upper back pain. Christian right here. Jude! All right, come up. All right, anyone else? All right, hands away in the back. Yell it out. Stevie, go for it. On the right side? Is it on the right side? That's me, dude. That's totally me. Come pray for me. I'm going to put you on the mic. Come on. No, don't chicken out now. Come on. Man, I, they took me up to uh, the pastor's retreat, and they had me sleeping on this air mattress, and it was really uncomfortable. Yeah. It was a total pain. <laughs> I'm just kidding. What's that? What? What? Eyesight, you got eyesight? Problem with the eyes. If you have a problem with your eyes. If you're wearing glasses, I would just come down and say, that's a problem, God. I need healing. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Russ? Eyesight? Both eyesights? Right? So come on down. Stevie, come pray for me, man. What'd you get? Right shoulder? That's me too, see? My right shoulder is killing me. Right? Right? Um, who else? Do you, you want me to pray for your eyesight? That's awesome. Yeah, Sylvia's still waiting for her glasses to be taken away by God, and she's just sitting there. So, Sylvia, step on up. <laughs> All right, and then who else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Now, if you have any of these issues, I want you just to come forward. Just trust God, right? Just trust God. Just come on forward, right? Please, do you guys remember what the people are, right? Just come forward and just see what God's going to do. He's going to free you tonight. So thank you for your time, guys. God bless you. And just know that, hey, when you see these kids, you are a child of God. It doesn't matter if you live to be 125, 130. You can never be out. You never can outgrow God. You're always going to be his child, right? So go ahead and pray for her and then I'll come down. Yeah, go ahead.